0: Welcome to the Clear the Shelf Podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Rasick. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Clear the Shelf podcast. This is the only Amazon FBA-focused podcast with two hosts that share the same name. Uh, and today, uh, again with me, it is my adroit co-host, Chris Rasick. Uh, and we've got a mixed bag of topics to cover this week, uh, including Amazon masterminds. Uh, we're going to talk about bottlenecks a little bit, and we're also going to talk about learning new skills uh, because we always want to keep that sword sharp. Uh, But there is a right way and a wrong way to learn a new skill. Uh, But first, we should talk a little bit about news. And this week's news segment actually comes from a brand new Amazon newsletter that's going to go out for the first time on Tuesday. Uh, It is Chris's newsletter uh, called Forever Saturday. If you're uh, if you're not signed up, there's going to be a, a link tree down below uh, this episode in the show notes where you can sign up. I would suggest you uh, hop on it. I, I was lucky enough to have a, uh, have a first glance, uh, and uh, the writing is superb, so I would uh, definitely suggest you hop on that. Uh, so, Chris, what's the news this week?
1: Yeah, I started a newsletter because I, I have a face for blogging, I'm told, so... Um. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's why i'm starting that venture um yeah, and i found a, a nugget from um and i'm not familiar with this company forrester.com com, mm-hmm. uh, but they released uh, some research on the uh, retail sector specifically online retail sales um mm-hmm. and some interesting stats came in and uh, starting with uh, in, in 2021 uh, us total retail sales now this is excluding automotive and gasoline sales uh, but U.S. total retail sales reached a record high of $4.3 trillion. That's okay. nuts. <laughs> yeah, these, yeah, all of these numbers are, are, are staggering if you, if you really uh, digest them. Um, now, by 2027, Forrester expects US, uh, total U.S. retail sales to reach $5.5 trillion. And then here's the, the juicy part, U.S. online retail sales to reach $1.6 trillion. Um, they expect uh, online retail sales to grow at about a 10% uh, compounded annual growth rate. And uh, over the next five years, uh, it's going to account for 30% of the market by 2027, uh, which, which is interesting, you know, It, it and that's, you know, the, these habits and, and these tendencies that were unlocked and, and kind of accelerated by the pandemic, um, you know, they're really not slowing down, you know, so, so mm-hmm. it's, it's really kind of steamrolling or maybe snowballing uh, uh, from where we started. Um, not that there wasn't growth, uh, before the pandemic as well, but, uh, you know, that, uh, that brought online, like, online sales into so many, uh, so many people's wheelhouse. So, oh yeah, uh, in 2022, Forrester expects us online retail sales to exceed $1 trillion. Um, and then this, uh, one of my favorite, uh, segments of, uh, selling on Amazon, um, they anticipated that Bopas, uh, which if you're not familiar is buy online, pick up in store. Um, they anticipate BOPUS transactions to hit $100 billion this year. And then the expectation is it'll reach $200 billion by 2027, which that part is insane to me. There was actually, and if you, if you read it um, we can have a link to it. I'll have a link to it in, in my newsletter. If you sign up for that, if you, if you dig into the report, Um, It actually has some data on how uh, a healthy portion of consumers prefer BOPUS over delivery, which I found interesting. interesting. Yeah. So
0: I want to buy online and I don't want to go into the store, but I do want to drive over to the store to pick up my stuff. Uh, (laughs) And It's kind of a kind of a quandary to figure out how that works.
1: Well, I, they they probably got our podcast going and, you know, they don't have headphones. So they just sit in the car, keep the podcast rolling and, uh, you know, have somebody bring it out to
0: them. Um, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. You know, those those numbers, I mean, I know that, I know how big the, like the GDP is, how big our economy is, but those numbers still just, they're nuts to me. You know, every now and again, you see a video maybe on, uh, I don't know, Instagram or, or Twitter where they show like how much money something is and they compare it to like the size if you stack hundreds how how big it would be compared to the size of like uh the sears tower or something uh, uh, you know 4.3 trillion is got to be 10 or 20 of those i mean it's a ton ton of
1: cash um but that's yeah. that's i don't know that's nuts you could probably, the probably it, pump the the web telescope uh off its course if you stacked it all up. <laughs>
0: Uh, and the, uh, the growth at 10%, I mean, companies doing, I don't know, $500 million a year or, you know, or the size of Amazon, uh, you know, 10% growth would send their, the price of their stock through the roof. Uh, so, I mean, that's, I, I am bullish on, uh, on e-commerce but this i mean, every time we talk about numbers like this it always just kind of backs that up a little bit and so i think that's good for the future of you know us us resellers yeah absolutely so i want to uh we've got we've got several points today and the first one I want to bring up is Amazon masterminds. I want to talk about this for a couple of reasons, but uh, I mean, one, I run one of these. Uh, you know, and we've got a Q4 coming up. I'm going to run a Q4 mastermind as well. Uh, but this this is not going to be a totally selfish uh, segment here. <clears throat> but I think there are some some rules that need to be laid down or some guidelines that people need to follow because what I'll see, especially coming out of like one of the live oA challenges is people are like oh i I really want to I want to start a mastermind. I want to be in a mastermind and then I notice that six weeks later uh, those masterminds that get started up, they've fizzled out or they, they've gone away, and you know just it's just the way things happen uh, but I mean, I am a big fan of masterminds for a couple of reasons one. Some of the best things I've ever done have come from tossing ideas around with with people uh, you know at you i this this podcast has come from tossing around ideas with you uh, you know some of the things that I've built uh, extension wise and and things like that have come from tossing ideas around with uh, with friends who you know I would consider a mastermind with me now uh, but I think that there needs to be some rules that you follow when it comes to mastermind. And so I figured we could talk about kind of the different setups uh, and then maybe even talk about what can, what can make a, a make or break mastermind. I know you run two, two as well. Uh, And I, I kind of like the way that you do it. Uh, I know one is, is not paid and one is paid. Uh, So I know that first of all, there can be loose and informal and those are fine. Uh, You know, have a couple of people who you've hit it off with in a Facebook group, or maybe you know each other locally, or or whatever it is. Uh, and maybe you have a Facebook chat, or a Slack channel, or uh, maybe even start a small Facebook group. Uh, you know, it's free, and it's just some friends finding a virtual water cooler uh, and shooting the shit, and that's fine, okay? uh and usually you'd want to make sure it's around the same interest so if it's business you know make sure everyone is business minded uh you know maybe it's you want to have a mastermind about fantasy football which is top of mind because we're going to be getting into that here pretty soon um and and these kinds are fine but i find that they're not always the most productive Uh, it something that starts out as really business focused can quickly devolve into a stream of of memes and shit posting uh i know that from you know i know that from uh some chats that i've been in and and even left because eventually it got to the point where i was like well we're not really bringing value to each other but yes i do love a good meme uh, but it's not where it's not where i wanted to be Uh, they can be great Okay. But it's hard. All right. The next one is structured, but free. And I know that your BOPUS mastermind is like this. Uh, When you set it up, it it had, it's free. Uh, I know some that are either very inexpensive. I know some that maybe just have like a, here's 20 bucks to get in and it's just kind of to keep tire kickers out, Uh, you know, but there are rules someone is typically in charge or the head of it uh, and there are structure and guidelines that, that need to be adhered to. Uh, What, what are the rules that you put in place for like the BOPUS mastermind? Uh,
1: Yeah. So the, the BOPUS mastermind, we, we capped it at just five members Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, we meet every Monday, uh, every Monday night at eight o'clock Eastern um, we do a, a zoom call. And uh, attendance is mandatory. Um, and I even set up, you know, like I think, uh, I forget what the evaluation, it, it hasn't been an issue, so I've, I've forgotten some of the details on the rules. But essentially, I have evaluation periods where, you know, if you miss two meetings out of the last, you know, five or six or something, then, you know, we, we need to have a private talk about your ongoing membership. Um, and then they also have to share $50 worth of profit. Um, every week, so and that's based on the purchase of five units. So basically, uh-huh. you know, you, you need to get uh, you need to get about ten dollars worth of profit. Um, however, many items that that takes you, uh, and then we have a separate channel where the leads go in. You know, just keep that clean. Make sure everyone can get to the leads. You know, not have to sort through a bunch of chatter. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, but that's basically it. Um, you know, it, it was. It was interesting. We actually, we crossed we crossed over a year uh, back in July. Nice. Uh, so we've been doing it, yeah, every single Monday. I, th- I think we could probably still count on one hand the amount of times that we've skipped a Monday meeting. Um, but yeah, we we get together and I tried to keep the meetings. <laughs> it was funny when I was setting it up. I I, I didn't want to uh, make it too big of a commitment. So I, I told him, stay for 45 minutes. I had a whole structure of how the meeting was going to go. And anytime after the forty-five minute mark, if you need to drop off, go ahead. You know, so I was trying to be real unassuming with it. Um, now, every single meeting is at least ninety minutes. Uh, with most of them running two hours. Oh wow! And they're like pre- pretty much almost fully unstructured now. It, it you know it's I mean you spend that much time with people and and you know you see them every single week um you know it's it's more than i see some of my good friends you know so mm-hmm. you certainly get to know people um you get a level of of familiarity and 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 friendship going on you know so we can basically just kind of fire up our, our webcams and and chat you know and and you know we can just kind of crowdsource you know issues that we're having and uh, you know or whatever you know we'll talk about leads we're talking about stores you know current events you know or, or current Conspiracies on, you know, what we think uh, Amazon may or may not be doing to us. But, uh, you know, it's it's been extremely productive, you know, because there's there's such a good mix of sellers in it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, I made uh, when I first started out, I made everyone set a goal for the week. And, uh, you know, with the idea of, you know, you have to say it in front of four of your peers and then I would write them down and the next week I would ask you about them and, and you would either have to admit, Hey, yeah, I accomplished my goal or I fell short and you'd have to admit that in front of four of your peers again. Um, you know, so there was, I, I felt that built kind of a a little bit of accountability into it. Absolutely. And, uh, we're a little bit, uh, we're a little bit looser with that. You know, it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, I don't write them down, but we do talk about what we want to do or, you know, what we've gotten away from that we need to start doing more of, and uh, you know, but there, there are a couple, a couple pretty heavy hitters uh, as far as sellers go. Um, there's, you know, maybe one in the middle and then, you know, a couple who are still growing, you know, so mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a good mix, you know, and, and it's uh, what I liked about it is that even even the smaller sellers, um, which. You know, when a year ago when I started, I was certainly classified in that category. Um, I had fresh eyes on things, you know, and mm-hmm. and I I had a way of looking at things that that maybe you know the ten year grizzled vet who ships every single day and and you know is is putting up well into the five figures every single month. You know, it, it, maybe it was perspectives or, or processes or, or uh, you know ideas that that uh, had long escaped him. You know, so it's it's just a good mix. I, like it's, it, it's been, it's been great. Like I, I love mm-hmm. it. Oh, I I see. I think, I think that really is,
0: is kind of important is sometimes masterminds can be exclusionary, which I, I get, I, I know that sometimes there needs to be a hurdle, you know, to get over, to get into a mastermind. But, uh, you know, a lot of times that does preclude people who may be able to, bring that fresh set of eyes, which can be really, you know, really helpful. Uh, or, you know, maybe, maybe the better term is, uh, you know, bring a set of eyes that uh, is maybe less cynical uh, because they, they haven't been in the game for so long, uh, right. which you know, tend, tends to happen. Sure. Uh, but yeah. I, I, do really like what you've done, done with that. I do, I do peek in every now and again. I don't, I don't lurk too much, but I, I like to peek in every now and again, and just check check in and, uh, see what you guys have been talking about, so um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that one's structured, but free, and then finally, there is paid, and I know that i 'm going to be a bit biased here, but i I usually find that these are the best, and i don 't just mean you know any masterminds that I run, I also mean ones that I have have and do pay for now, uh, and there's a couple of reasons for this, so One, uh, there are going to be, I should, I should say this first. There are going to be paid masterminds that are not worth the money that, I mean, that happens in all categories. Uh, but you are going to find some really, really good paid ones out there in just about any niche that you might be interested in. Um, typically what you're going to find is there's someone in charge. So there's, you know someone who kind of directs how a mastermind is going to go uh there's going to be rules uh, there should be some expectations uh and the nice thing is is you know if it's paid you can let them know just by leaving and not paying anymore that you know it's no good uh and and you should be like hey listen you know here's what here's what's not being done right uh you're actually doing the person who's running it a a, a service and so like when people do leave my VIP group or our VIP group, I actually ask on the way out, like, Hey, here's the exit interview. Uh, you know, what is it that we could do better? Like, no judge, you know, you know, I'm not going to come back at you and, and be like, Oh, well, you're stupid for telling me that I actually want to know. Most of the time, uh, either people are, are trying not to hurt my feelings or, you know, or they're being honest and saying, Hey, you, uh, it's not you, it's me, uh, you know, which uh, I, I hope is, I hope that people would be honest with me when I ask, but I think that's really important for a paid mastermind is to try to learn and be better. Uh, but the reason I really like paid masterminds is, is there should be an expectation from the leaders. Uh, they need to be on the ball. They need to be willing to learn, to teach what they learn, uh, and, and hopefully share whatever they can that will actually help members of the group grow. Uh, and it should be worth what you're paying to be there. Uh, <clears throat> it also makes you be a little bit more accountable. You know, you typically pay attention when you're paying for something uh, or at least pay more attention. I get, I've get, i gotten tons of free books and those tend to sit on the bookshelf a little bit longer than the ones that I actually pay for, uh, you know. And, uh, and so I think paid masterminds are, are actually pretty good. But there's something even more important than the kind of mastermind that you join, in my opinion. Uh, and that's how you get the most out of any mastermind that you may join. So uh, whatever you go into, whether it's a mastermind, a business, an event, or a course, uh, I think that if you go in with an attitude, well, you know, I better get my money's worth, Uh, or, you know, I really hope I didn't get scammed into buying this or something like that. You're probably going to go in a little bit cynical and and you may not get the most out of something. Now I'm totally, you know, if you don't, I'm totally okay with you being like, well, yeah, this was garbage. Uh, but you probably should try to go in expecting a five-star experience. And I, I heard a story, uh, about, I actually think I may have told it once, uh, about a guy who decided he was going to go to the DMV and the DMV was just, he's like, this is going to be the best DMV experience of my entire life. Uh, and you know, he goes in and he really, he he thinks about it before he goes in. He's like, everyone's going to be happy to see me. Uh, you know, everyone's going to want to help me really quickly and things like that. And he, he showed up expecting to have a five-star service from a place that is typically the last place you ever want to go to. Uh, and sure enough, when he showed up, you know, with a smile on his face and happy to be there, uh, you know, looking the employees in the eyes and saying hello and and things like that, making small talk. Well, sure enough, he actually did get five-star service. Everyone treated him really well. He actually got to skip the line, uh, you know, because he was nice and friendly, uh, and, and just had a a good, uh, good personality about him. Uh, and sure enough, because he went in expecting it, well, he got it. Uh, and so I would I would suggest that whatever you join, don't don't half ass it. You know, go in expecting that five star experience. Make sure that you put your best foot uh, forward, and and a lot of times that's going to be reciprocated to you a lot faster uh, when you participate, you give back, uh, and then you know you take action on on the things that you learn or uh, or whatever skills that you 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 take away from a mastermind. Um, Have there been any, I don't know. Have there been any examples of masterminds or groups that you've joined that have just been like over the top, you know, great for growth in either your business or personal life that, and what kind of, uh, I guess, what kind of things have they had in common?
1: I, you know, the, the most common the common denominator in, in the best mastermind groups are the ones where everyone checks their ego at the door, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and which is basically just kind of summarizing what you just talked about. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, you leave your expectations. Um, you, you leave them at the door when you, when you walk in, you know, and, and you just kind of, I think combined with the fact that, you know, cause I'm often in, in groups that, uh, uh with people that are more, successful than me um you know if you have no ego but yet you still kind of value your input and your own perspective and and mm-hmm. you just kind of lay it out objectively and you know obviously you know you may get some criticism or you know constructive criticism and, and you know helpful tips and whatnot i mean if you're gracious about accepting that you know it, it's going to build a, a camaraderie at you know as you move forward in that mastermind and uh you know, I think everybody's gonna get more out of it, you know, if you know, if everybody's kinda on the level playing field and and you know, you kind of accept, you know, that, that you guys are peers. You know, I mean the numbers may be a little bit different, somebody's numbers may be a little bit higher, but you know, essentially we're all in the same ball game and, and we're all trying to accomplish the same goal, which is <clears> growth. You know, no matter where your numbers are now, you know, the one common thing that we're looking to do is is make that number higher no matter where it is. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in summary, don't ever be afraid to join a mastermind, whether it's free or paid, you know, but I would, one, I would vet free ones a little bit, a little bit more than I would actually vet paid masterminds. Uh, And the reason being is just because they can so easily get lax. Uh, And yeah, in the, I guess the biggest form of mastermind would be, Facebook groups, I've seen, heck, I'm probably in 500 Facebook groups and I bet you that 75% of them or more have just died. Uh, You know, because people, that's how people treat them. Uh, But yeah, but masterminds overall are great and don't stretch yourself too thin. You know, don't try to get into 10 or 15 of them. Uh, Really focus on maybe one or three Uh, at the most and and try to get everything you can out of those. Um, Now I wanna switch gears a little bit. I wanna talk about bottlenecks. Uh, So I shared a post in our VIP group this past week about bottlenecks. uh, And I would love to be able to take credit for this idea myself, but uh, it was, it was actually kind of an amalgamation of several different things that I have read from people that I uh, I think are a lot smarter than me, uh, and I kind of, there was a quote I saw not too long ago. It was, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, I think it was, you learn through deconstruction and you teach through reconstruction or something like that. I want to say it was a James Clear quote, of course.
1: Yeah, recombination,
0: uh, right? Recombination. Thank you. And so uh, after reading a few things, I, I was kind of playing around with them. But here's what the post read. Uh, a framework to, to use as the operator in your business. Uh, one, find the bottleneck in your business. Two, solve that said bottleneck. And then three, repeat ad infinitum or forever. Uh, for those of you who don't know Latin, I mean, not sure. I'm not sure who doesn't know that. But uh, if you have an Amazon business, some of the examples may be prep. Uh, and I think that you should understand Amazon terms and conditions and make sure that you are following the, the PrEP uh, guidelines. But PrEP is not one of those jobs that actually pays in an Amazon business. So can, can this be hired out? Can you outsource PrEP in some way? Uh, another example is, is repricing. Uh, if you're manually resetting prices a couple of times per day, uh, or every few hours, or every, I don't know, half an hour, however often you're doing it, uh, how much time are you spending on that? Uh, and if you move to a repricer, uh, what's that actually going to cost you? Let's say, for example, that you make $20 an hour, and once per hour, you're spending 15 minutes repricing. Well, I don't know, what that—what is what is that? Uh, five Five bucks? Five bucks an hour is what you're doing. What you're paying yourself to do that, uh, you could pay for the most expensive repricer that I know at what three fifty a month to get started. I think, and it would still be less money per hour for your repricer to work for you. Uh, and then there are a lot of other bottlenecks in in an Amazon business. Uh, and a friend of mine who actually also happens to be named Chris. Uh, pointed out that one of the major bottlenecks uh, in just about every business is the owner themselves. Uh, and after I talked myself down from being triggered by that comment, uh, uh, you know, I realized he was he's right. you know I know that eighty percent of the time or more, I'm probably the biggest bottleneck in my own business whether it's because I don't want to let go of something or I worry that if I do outsource it, it's not going to be done quite as well. Uh, and, and that's something I still work on even now. Uh, and so I guess I want to talk a little bit about like some other bottlenecks uh, and maybe how we could, we could solve them. So I guess what are some bottlenecks that you see quite often, especially in the Amazon space? Uh, and then let's wrap let's a little bit about how we could you know, how you can get rid of them fairly easily.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's funny. I, uh, <laughs> I read your, your quote and I was like that. And there was, a, there was a similar one. Alex hermosi actually tweeted something very similar. Just he, he mm-hmm. switched up the, the terminology a little bit, but essentially it's the same thought. Um, and then I realized that that's something, some of the best moves that I've made in my business personally have used this framework. And I just had the terminology a little bit, different you know instead of like calling it a bottleneck i always referred to the things that i didn't like doing (laughs) you know because the things that that i don't enjoy that i don't like doing um i'm more prone to delay doing it you know which which is slowing down my process i've told that story with uh with my prep help that i have come once a week
0: you Mm -hmm. know and,
1: and i can't i mean you'd be surprised at at how much better in multiple facets I've gotten simply just out of four hours a week, you know, just hiring someone to to come poly bag stuff and, and, you know, you know, peel stickers off. And, and I mean, it, it's crazy. You'd think I was making it up if I actually ran the numbers and, and showed you a sheet, but um, you know, it, it prep, that's, that's a huge one you know if and it and it didn't it really didn't take much i know uh, some people take make a big deal about it and and you know like oh i don't know you know if I, I i don't want to hire a neighborhood kid and you know they might steal from me and you know every, everybody's always afraid of you know having things stolen or you know like finding they're out gonna, it, finding out what you're selling and <laughs> yeah they're going
0: to they're going to learn exactly what i do and they're going to go do it themselves you know right
1: yeah i mean that's <clears throat> Yeah, I don't. Uh, which maybe that's a separate topic, uh, but uh, yeah, it, 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 the fear is it, it, a little bit, um, a little bit much for uh, you know the benefit that you could you could you could have by getting over that fear. You know, that it mm-hmm. far outweighs any risks that you'd be taking on there. Um, yeah, you mentioned repricing. Um, that's one of those. I've said it before, but it, it, I have a list of these things that I, I classified as kind of like turnstile, uh, uh, services, you know, and a repricer Mm -hmm. is definitely one, you know, where it's, it, you know, once you get through that turnstile, there's no going back. I mean, it's just so much better than the alternative, you know, it's, you can't, you can't unwind a a repricer once you get it. It's, it's far too valuable. Um, Yeah. You know, no matter what you pay, you know I mean? Like you said, even, even the most expensive ones, you know, I, I, you know, if, if you really broke it down, you were honest about it, you, you're getting your money's worth. Um, yeah. You know, a, a, another bottleneck, you know, maybe uh, if retail arbitrage is a significant portion of your business, uh, you can actually outsource the shopping. You know, mm-hmm. if you have, if you have a list of replens and you know, I'm going to this store and I'm picking up these five to 10 items and you're not, necessarily scanning you know you're not looking for you know you have enough to do and and that you know just grab my replens and and i'm out that can be outsourced you know you you can you can do something else while you let you know pay somebody a a, you know a decent wage to do that and and you're going to end up a net gain in the end if you can do that
0: yeah absolutely i know so i want to touch on the you know they're going to learn my business and and they're going to go do it themselves thing really quick because I've heard, I've, I've heard that said gotta be a dozen times. You know, if I bring someone in, they're going to learn exactly what I do and they're going to go do it themselves. And that might be true. You know, some people might actually do that. Uh, But, you know, then I, I go back and I think, well, how did you learn about Amazon? You know, was it, did you go and do prep work for somebody and then, and then you learned their business and started your own? You know, No, probably not. I'm guessing like most people, you saw a video on YouTube or you saw a post on social media and then you started digging in a little bit and you find some Facebook groups and you find some more people on YouTube and, and then you figure it out. So, I mean, the information is out there. There really aren't any secrets anymore uh you know everything's on the internet uh so if someone actually wanted to start a business they would do it but what we've got to realize is that well heck i wish i knew the number uh i don't know what the number is but i would imagine that somewhere somewhere pretty close to like 80 percent of people don't want their own business or at most maybe they want a side hustle and for them, a side hustle might be Uber Eats or you know Postmates or, or whatever, uh, rather than the stress of of actually like having an actual business. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I don't th- I don't think that's a good excuse anymore.
1: No, I you know it's funny I I actually I, I just read the chapter yesterday. I'm reading um, How to Get Rich by Felix Dennis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right and, there. It's a good. Oh, book. There
1: it is. It is good. Um, and, and the, he reads the audiobook on audible himself. And it's like having the whole book read to you by the Geico lizard.
0: Oh man. Now I'm going to have to go buy the audible. Oh, it's so good.
1: Um, he hasn't told me how much he'll say I'll save on car insurance yet, but, <laughs> um, but I just read the chapter on, he was talking about his, uh, his VP that was with him for, for, such a long time right and and it's before he moved to to the US before he had an operation he was still he was still over in in England and you know he basically makes the point of when when you're looking to hire people and you find a good one you basically accept the fact that they're going to move on you know so once you find a good one treat them right pay them well for as long as you have them you know but mm-hmm. but no you know, know that there's going to be a sunset, you know, it's just a and, and you should want that, you know, you should want your your best employees to go off and, and do their own thing, you know, um, because the contributions that they're making while you're there, you know, it, I, you know, that's it's worth it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a positive overall. Um, and he talks about the the VP actually uh, um, uh, was, was going to move to the United States, got a job offer from some big I don't know if we, I I, want to say he was in the recording industry or something like Geffen records or something offered him uh, a a position and, uh, and he, the position was VP and he this person really wanted to move to the United States anyway. So Felix Dennis, who had nothing in the U S at all said, you know, well, how about uh, how'd you like to be president of, of the U S operations? And he says, well, you know, Felix, you don't have U S operations. He goes, I will now, <laughs> you know, and he, you know, so he said something and he goes, well, you know, where are we going to be located? And, and, you know, what, what are we going to do in the U S and, and Felix Dennis goes, I don't know, you're the president. <laughs> so, so he, he created that, you know, he made this position and, and, you know, so sure it was, it wasn't ideal for Felix Dennis, you know, cause that was expansion before he was ready to do it. But it bought him more time with an invaluable employee, you mm-hmm. know? So I thought that was pretty interesting, you know? And, and so it's kind of the best of both worlds, you know, you, you he expanded his business, it, it, but he, it was in the hands of someone he trusted, uh, you know, which is good for his business overall. And then eventually this person, you know, moved on to, to greener pastures, but you know, his, his footprints were, were all over um, all over his, his business. Yeah,
0: but I'll tell you. If I know that uh, we haven't done a book recommendation for a while, but if I know that I, this is a really clickbait title, "How to Get Rich," uh, <laughs> yeah. but but this guy is he's fascinating. He's interesting. He's a he's a good writer. Um, he's the founder of Maxim magazine and and several other magazines that you probably never heard of. The first uh, one of the first. Yeah, I think it was actually the second computer magazine in the UK, Personal Computer Magazine, because uh, he got talked out of it, and then he saw someone else launch, and he's like, "Oh no, I got to, I got to shoot my shot," uh, and so he ended up doing it. But also lived a fascinating life, you know. I, oh. I know he he talks about hanging out with the Beatles, uh, <laughs> you know, before they were big and famous, and and a bunch of other rock stars and stuff. Uh, and so yeah, really, really interesting
1: fella. Yeah. I love the, uh, the, the Neil Tennant story when he was working at the magazine and, and he said, you know, he goes, Hey, you know, I'm going to quit and and go do my own thing. And he's like, Oh no, come on, stay. And he's trying to talk him out of it. And it turns out it's, it's Neil Tennant from the pet shop boys. Yes. Like, like, all right. Pretty good decision, I guess. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That was, that was really good.
0: Uh, But yeah, uh, go grab yourself a copy of how to get rich. Uh, because it is, it's worth the, uh, it's worth the read. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's switch gears again to, to learning new things. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is I thought that Chris had shared this because, uh, because it was a, a brilliant find, but apparently I shared it. Uh, but there was a, a really great post, uh, up on Twitter uh, and it's from Robert Greene. And if you're not familiar with Robert Greene, uh, he's the author of the book, like, 48 Laws of Power. Uh, I think he did The 50th Law with 50 Cent, uh, Mastery, and there's a bunch of others. And I know that some people kind of have mixed reviews about the guy, but I find him really fascinating. Uh, and he was kind of the a mentor for one of my favorite authors, Ryan Holiday, which probably gives him a little bit more, uh, a little bit more street credit in my book. I'll, I'll, admit to that. Uh, but his post was that if you're going to learn new things, you must avoid at all costs the idea that you can manage learning several skills at a time. You need to develop your powers of concentration and understand that trying to multitask will be the death of the process. Um, and one, I know that we've talked about multitasking here on the pod before and how much of a killer it, it actually is. Uh, but as I get a little bit older, I realize like how much truth there is in in this. Uh, I really did used to think I could take in several new skills at once. Uh, and that usually resulted in me being mediocre at those skills uh, at best, um, like I know that some of the skills I tried to learn in tandem, I can't do anymore. I can still play chopsticks on the piano, uh, but I can't play a chord on a guitar to save my life. Uh, I also cannot carry a tune in a bucket uh, if I had to. Uh, but I've been been—I've really been trying to get better at this, uh, especially recently. And at first, it, it doesn't feel good. Uh, one probably because I'm riddled with what I imagine is a little bit of ADD. Uh, but two, I, want, I don't feel like I'm necessarily getting as much done when I'm just trying to focus on learning one thing. So for example, I've been trying to learn a new piece of software and, and get really good at it so that I can turn around and actually teach it. Uh, and it's made me put off doing a few other things uh, you know, for this. And I, it feels like I'm slowing down, uh, but I know that I need to slow down to speed up, which, you know, may not make a lot of sense, but you know, that's what you got to do. Uh, and I don't know, how, how do you manage this in your life? Because I know I know you're like me and you'll be reading, you know, two or three books and, you know, uh, what, 25 podcasts and, and all that stuff. So <laughs> I guess how do you... How do you do it, uh, especially when you want to master something new?
1: Well, it yeah, it can be tough. I, you know, it's interesting that it, it, there's kind of a, a, the general public, the general population is kind of shifting the mindset. I, I don't think we're fully there, but, you know, it, it, multitasking used to be the thing, you know, it, it, it used to be something that, you were proud of, you know, it used to be something that you, that you bragged about. It used to be, um, you know, a, a word that you, that you threw into job interviews, you know, every chance you got. And, and um, but there, there's actually like scientific evidence coming out that multitasking is not productive. You know, it, it's, it's actually less productive than focusing on one single task at a time until completion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's similar to how um, hustle culture, you know, and it, that was the buzzword, you know, and, and um, you know, working these long hours and, and you know, fingers to the bone and, and seven days a week and whatnot. You know, there used to be a, a pride attached to that. Um, and, and luckily, <laughs> for, especially for my lazy ass, we're moving away from that. Um, you know, but, uh, it, you know, we could throw it back to the last thing we talked about, about solving bottlenecks you know mm-hmm. it, because we we you know the a lot of the keys that we were talking about with with solving bottlenecks had to do with outsourcing you know so it's it's like once you once you identify you know something that that you're trying to to polish up you know you you really can't it's it's best to delegate something that you know how to do intimately yourself you know i mean that's the the best way to do it you can't you can't give a task to someone else that that you don't know how to do yourself I, you know that's that's just a recipe for disaster. So, um, you know, and and we've talked about it before, or I've talked about it, uh, you know, about how I'm trying to, uh, you know, experiment and learn more about flow, you know, to where if I actually get into a productive phase on whatever task that I'm in, I'm going to let that go, you know, while I'm focused, you know, and I kind of just ride that wave, uh, until I'm done. And then when it's time to take a break or, you know, get up from the computer and, you know, then I can sit down and, and, and take on another task. But, um, you know, I think it has to do with with kind of swallowing your pride and, and asking for help when you need it. Um, you know, like we said before, the stuff you don't like to do. You know, if there's a way to to not grind it out and be miserable, take that option, you know, go that route you know, get the help that you need or outsource, you know, certain tasks, you know, another bottleneck we didn't talk about was uh, uh, reimbursements and stuff, you know, like somebody else. Oh yeah. You know, it's, you know, we, we, as far as like outsourcing and, and um, you know, the bottlenecks, we talk about it in, in kind of the value of our time, but it's also our focus, you know, like if you're trying to learn new skills and, and, you know, you can only do one thing at a time, you're gonna have a, a much easier time learning stuff that you actually enjoy and, mm-hmm. and things that you're interested in. You know, the, those are the easiest ones to learn. You know, it's similar to a to-do list. You know, so, um, you know, a lot of people in, in the mornings, you know, you grab the to-do list and you do the easiest task first. And, you know, that way you cross one off and, and you get a small win and you move on from there. You know, it, it, that sort of strategy, it's easier if you do something that you know, you, you don't despise, (laughs) you know, if you can do it quickly, uh, do it efficiently and, and, you know, it's, you kind of enjoy it, uh, you know, you're off to a good start and, and, you know, you can kind of, you know, you can fire off a a bunch of different tasks, even though you're only doing one thing at a time. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting.
0: It I don't know the way that things are shifting has, has been, has been fascinating. Like you brought up, you know, multitasking would be something you bring up in a job interview maybe 10 years ago and now you might bring up oh i'm i'm really good at like deep work you know (laughs) and you're like oh that's awesome you know uh yep but yeah it's fascinating how that and and probably changing for the better i I think it's it's been nice to see so much research done on it and actually kind of pushing us in the right direction be interesting to see where we are in the next five years. So, uh, anything? It's actually a fairly short episode. Anything we, we missed or should have covered?
1: No, I. Uh, are you, uh, did you see any of this backlash on uh, Malcolm Gladwell? Did you hear? Yes.
0: You yes, I he uh, he took something sacred and bashed it. Uh, I know that he said he, he's not a fan of work from home. And he thinks right. that it's, uh, it's kind of BS. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's not what I expected him to say, to
1: be quite honest. No. No. I, like I, you know, if you read the actual quote, like, and this is the, uh, another one of those things where you know, if you're only reading the headlines, you're going to have a negative uh, outlook on Malcolm Gladwell after you're done. But if you, know, if you really look at what he was talking about, you know, he's talking about the social aspect of working in an office which mm-hmm. i i get you know we've had discussions about you know the the solopreneur you know who's you know sitting at home day in day out behind your computer you know there there is a certain you know social aspect that is is you know is is big time missing you know so it's it's important to get out and that's you know uh, that's another part of what makes masterminds so great is, you know, talking to, to your peers, you know, and just kind of bouncing ideas off of, um, you know, it's, it's as much productive as it is a social exercise. Oh yeah. So, you know, I, so I know what he was saying. Um, (laughs) I think, I think the, the quotes that they took from it were, were a little bit unfortunate. Um, and overall I disagree, you know, I, I mean, clearly I, you know, um, I'm working from home. I, you know, I quit my office job and, and, you know, I work from home. Um, and, and so does he for, you know, a significant right. portion of, of his career. And for, you know, there are tons of people that came out and said, you know, I, I swear I could have saw him. I swear I saw him for hours at the coffee shop, you know, using our Fi. Um, you know, so, um, I, but it, it, it hurts my heart, you know, to, to, to hear negativity, uh, um, and then I kind of went down the the rabbit hole. Uh, you know, there's a there are a bunch of people bashing Malcolm Gladwell. I I I hate. I I mean, I love the guy personally. I I, I do too. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of the sampling of, of the negative comments that I saw was seemed to be a little generic. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure they were uh, the the gloves were all the way up. Uh, you know, some of these comments, but. <laughs> Yeah, if if you uh yeah, just check it out. See uh he he raised a little bit of a, a shitstorm with what he said. Mhm.
0: Yeah, and I mean I do I do disagree. I think work work from home is fine, but he is he is 100% right about the social aspect, you know. And yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know if there have been any studies done about about the rise in, you know, and we're going to, we're going to really start going down a rabbit trail here. Uh, So you guys are going to get to see some of our unfiltered stuff, but uh, I don't know if there's been a study done with correlation of, you know, a move to work from home and depression rates or anything like that. I know that depression and, and things like that has been on the rise over, you know, ever since COVID and lockdowns and things like that. Uh, But I don't know if that's, you know, is it because you're working from home or is it because you are now like working at an office was really the only social outlet for you? Uh, You know, and if that's the case, I mean, it's it's a little hard to force people to be social if they're not going, you know, they're not going into an office. Uh, So if if there is a correlation, I'm not sure how to fix that. Yeah, I know that for me. I've got I've got a nine year old who, you know, comes into the office uh, on a fairly regular basis. And I've got a wife who uh, comes in here and tells me to get out of the office and and come (laughs) hang out. So, uh, you know, I that's how kind of how I stay social a little bit. But uh, and I know you've got, you know, rugrats running around, too, that kind of helps. So
1: but maybe the the people that are depressed are finding out that that. They don't like their family as much as they thought they did. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's, a, uh, you know, it, but there's, you know, there's two sides to, to, uh, to every story. Um, well, yeah, sometimes three, right? <laughs> your, your side, my side, none of the truth. But, uh, you know, the thing to remember about all this work from home stuff is we were winging it. You know, we were, we were doing all this on the fly. Um you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing it, it, that's going to come out as far as a positive result for these businesses is think about how much real estate and and the expenses oh. associated with it that they really, if they're being honest with themselves, they don't really need. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there are some serious cost cutting uh, that that companies could benefit from, you know, so and, and I'm not thir- I'm not totally convinced that that. You know, you can't. Uh, um, if we really thought about it, and, and you know, kind of took our time instead of uh, being reactionary a, about it, you know, th- that you couldn't make a, a a pleasant experience for work from home. You know, I, oh, I think sure. there's, I think there's plenty of aspects, on it, you know, that companies would could get behind it. You know,
0: I mean, I can't remember who it was I was reading about, but one company uh, shut down one of their offices in in New York City recently. Uh, I would imagine that that, that rent, because it, it wasn't a small office, it housed like 500 or 1,000 people. So I'm guessing in New York City, that's got to be a million dollar a month you know, lease uh, yeah. on a building. And you think about like Salesforce, they've got Salesforce Tower in, in uh, San Francisco and that that's like a billion dollar building. And I know that they're not going to get rid of it, but you know, if everybody went remote and now they've got a billion dollar building just sitting there, well they're still carrying costs uh, and things like that, but sure. at least the air conditioning bill is is a lot
1: lower uh, <laughs> right. you know uh, yeah,
0: yeah, was, it, I mean, was it uber be...
1: that was it uber that was building that new headquarters in San Francisco, and they I think they, so. they bailed on it like they didn't even finish the building like you know, yeah. somebody crunched some numbers and said, "No, let's let's stop here and and call the whole thing off." And that's so crazy.
0: Yeah, I I guess there is a bit of a, a two edges to that sword. One, like, can you imagine how much is saved? And you know, I'm sure that some people would rather that money go to the employees or, or things like that. Although it'll probably go to the bottom line. Uh, but what happens to real estate magnets and, and real estate developers is, you know, are, are they going to have to find a new line of work? Uh, I'm, it's
1: curious, but. No. You know. they might be, might be forced to solve the homeless problem, you know, <laughs> but you yeah. know, it, it, we could throw it back to, again, th- this is a huge commercial for Felix Dennis, but uh, you know, throw it back to his advice. You know, a lot of this stuff, you know, as far as like real estate and whatnot, like, you know, Salesforce tower, Right. Like you brought that up now. I'm I'm willing to bet that, <laughs> you know, a tower a little bit is a little showy, you know. It, oh, it's, sure. It's probably more, uh, you know, it's probably more of a building than they actually needed. You know, and, um, you know, Felix Dennis actually covers that. You know, he said, you know what, it, it, if you're trying to start a business, you know, go bare bones, he goes, you know. Pay yourself enough to eat. That's it, you know. And, and then if there's more, more, you know, you'll have more later. But as far as like, if you're just starting out, pay yourself just enough to eat. Um, you know, he goes, do not pay for any extravagance as far as like an office or any, I mean, unless you're actually meeting with clients and you, you need to have that physical presentation. Because if you don't, don't you dare even think about paying anything you know like he he snuck into an abandoned building when he started his first his first uh, and it was actually it was lemmy from motorhead that told him about it um you know it was just this abandoned building and and that lemmy knew about um (laughs) go figure but you know it didn't even have a roof in all the rooms he said you know some of them you could look straight up through at, at the sky in some of these but it was free they moved in there was you know, they apparently no issues and, and they got away with it. As long as they didn't tell anybody that, that they were using it as an office, it worked, you know? So, you know, maybe a lot of these businesses, maybe the, you know, the lesson with this real estate as they're, they're kind of reassessing things, maybe they forgot some of these lessons, you know, that, that, you know, the, maybe they were, uh, you know, the expense accounts were, were a bit excessive when, when they didn't need to be.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. We, I mean, we could, we probably talk about this for quite some time, but uh, <laughs> we probably should wrap up here. Uh, I know that. Uh, so next week we're going to be talking about Q4 and I know you did the math a little bit earlier, but by the time we release the episode, there's only going to be like what? 30, eight days? 38 days. Yeah. yeah. So going to be just a little over a month until Q4 when we release our Q4 episode. Uh, and we really want to talk about uh, how to get ready for Q4 and make sure that you're primed to take advantage of, of it as much as you can, uh, because it's going to be here. I mean, back to school has come and gone already, uh, and Q4 is going to be here really, really quickly. want to make sure that you guys are able to get the most out of it. So if you have a Q4-specific question, please make sure to shoot it to us in an email. We'll cover it. Uh, in the episode you can send it to chris at clear the com, or hit it either up either of us up on uh social media which is going to be linked down in the uh in the show notes and we'll make sure to uh discuss it on the next podcast but i think this this next one will be fun because q4 can be a fun time of year so uh chris thanks for hanging out man i appreciate you as always good to see you uh, and uh, yeah good to see you too uh everybody thanks for listening We'll be back next week uh, and uh, do a solid, share this with your friends, hit the like button uh, or drop a comment below. Let us know uh, what you thought and uh, we appreciate you. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram or your favorite FBA group and be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.